Hey there, welcome to the Creative Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, John Spencer. I'm a former middle school teacher, current college professor, and I am passionate about seeing teachers transform their classrooms into bastions of creativity and wonder. And so on this podcast, I share ideas and strategies. I talk to experts. I tell my big epic fails that I've made, but also those stories of cool little successes. All because I truly believe that teachers play a profound role in helping students reach their creative potential. And today I am talking to someone named Cara Zellis, and she is the founder of Big World of Little Dude. Now I love this because um, she is a teacher, author, and the founder of this. Uh, It's an educational platform teaching children aged three to seven to be emotionally healthy. And I've often written about the the fact that the latter has become a maze. Students will need sort of the, the, the social emotional learning to navigate the maze of an uncertain future. And I really think it begins in early childhood education. So age three through seven is actually, I think, a really great time. Um, also, I love dogs, right? So you probably have figured that out. Uh, you can hear Zeus, my eight month old, Great Dane in the background. You might have remember my tribute that I made to my dog Jasmine who passed away this last January. She was a a retired racing greyhound. And I love the way that students learn about these stories through the main character of Little Dude. And Little Dude is a therapy dog with the Good Dog Foundation. Readers follow Little Dude as he navigates social and emotional themes in his big world. Little Dude also comes with her um, when she delivers lessons in the classroom. He's a big hit, and uh, I, I, I am really excited about this. It's kind of a departure from the topic of AI and from you know big topics around creativity and design thinking, but it's something that's near and dear to my heart, and so I hope you enjoy this podcast interview as much as I enjoyed it myself. All right, we have with us here Kara, and she's going to be um, talking about dog therapy in the classroom, talking about the power of, I think, kind of pets and empathy or, 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 or dogs and empathy. And um, I want to start with just your, your story. So can you tell me a little bit about what led you to this place? Sure. So I am a teacher and founder of Big World of Little Dude, which mm-hmm. is an educational platform teaching young children aged three to seven social and emotional skills. And we deliver this message through books, toys, and a literacy-based curriculum called the Humankind Curriculum. Mm -hmm. And Little Dude is a real-life therapy dog, and we have been volunteering as a dog therapy team with the Good Dog Foundation for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just through this experience of um, being kind, meeting so many different people in our community and this exchange of kindness um, that I wanted to sort of teach that to the kids in my early childhood classroom. And I'll give you like just a story of our volunteering experience. So little dude and I, uh, we visited the New York Presbyterian Hospital in Manhattan and we visited the pediatrics ICU. And in a sliding doors moment, um, the elevator doors open and just as about they're about to close, a lady quickly held the door and jumped in. 
Um, and she immediately asked, is little dude a therapy dog? And she proceeded to tell me about a relative of hers who was dying and the conversation the family just had about how sad it was that he wasn't ever going to see a dog again. And he had this real love of dogs. And she asked me if little dude and I could please come and visit him. And of course I said, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I entered the hospital room, I saw this man laying on the bed. He was very still and sallow. And as I placed little dude on the bed, um, a family member took the dying man's hand and placed it immediately on um, little dude's back. And immediately this man's eyes opened and everyone around him was saying, this is so amazing. You get to pat a dog and it's such a blessing. And it was moments like this that really made me realize that a small act of kindness can have such a big impact. And it was this experience and many other experiences I had as a dog therapy team that inspired me to teach about being kind um, to the children that were in my early childhood classroom. So when you, uh, just a little bit about Little Dude, what what Mm -hmm. kind of dog is Little Dude? A little dude is a fluff ball of love. Uh He is a Shih Tzu poodle. Okay. Yeah, and he's very sweet and very kind and intuitive, and he makes a really good therapy dog. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting into this idea of the classroom, Mm -hmm. what do you see as the main benefits of having dog therapy in the classroom? Sure. So there are a lot of um, positive effects um, of having dogs um, in the classroom. Um, So they provide a calming presence. They have unconditional love. Um, They can help reduce levels of stress. They improve focus and concentration. They can boost self-esteem and um, increase social skills. And you know, dog therapy has been found to be really helpful for children with special needs or learning disabilities. And I can attest to this because I've taken little dude into lots of different learning environments and seen the positive outcomes. Um, And it's also, they provide this positive learning environment where students feel safe to express themselves without fear of judgment or criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's actually been a lot of a lot of research has been done um, into the benefits of having dogs in the classroom. So I can give you some sort of yeah. little numbers. Yeah, um, so there was a study published in the Journal of Psychiatric Research mm-hmm. where dog assisted therapy was found to improve the social behavior and academic performance with kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they really help writing. There was another study done by um, the University of California on um, dog reading programs. Mm-hmm. And they found that kids who participated in these programs increased their reading fluency by 12 to 30 percent. So it, they, they really do help. Um, yeah. And there's like a myriad of effects of mm-hmm. positive, positive effects. They teach empathy it can really help with student engagement, especially with those kids who are a little disengaged because it gives that, you know, like a, a, a different teaching tool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they provide like a place for students to express their emotions. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, a lot of your work focuses on early childhood. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to that here in a second, but sure. Where do you, where do you see the benefits maybe for teachers that are at the upper elementary or middle school or even mm. high school level? Do you, do you see dog therapy having a role in those environments too? Definitely. I can see them having a role for exactly the same reasons they help in the early childhood classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's a it's um when you got to take care of another animal or or take care of a dog that, you know, it has you you start the kids start showing empathy and love and kindness. It really helps with student engagement because mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's something like exciting and a point of difference in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and dogs are non-judgmental. And so I think that provides that space of um, kids feeling comfortable opening up and it's a way to connect with students who may be disengaged. Mm, yeah. It, it's interesting. You know, I, I was probably in year eight of teaching the first time I ran into um, a classroom that had a, um, a therapy dog, right? And um, this particular um, teacher had gone through all the training with with this dog that was a, it was a Labradoodle kind of standard, mm-hmm. like what you'd expect in a lot of senses. And um, it really was amazing how well it was integrated into just the daily practice as students would mm-hmm. uh, read to the dog. They would, they would share, share things with the dog. They would talk with the dog, uh, but it was also like an opportunity for sort of emotional regulation and self-regulation. It was just a part of it. You know, it was the, you know, a lot of students would be ramped up and they'd be feeling, you know, angry and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, the teacher would just say, you know, you have several different options. One of them is go talk to this, you know, dog. And it was amazing how much of a difference at that middle school level that it made. And so uh, that's part of the the question that I had was, you know, like, you know, what what ages uh, does that make a difference? Um, and I do think it, it, you know, in my own life, you know, we've always had dogs and um, ours aren't trained for this. Like we're just dogs at home, right? Um, but but with three uh, teenagers, I think about um, the role that our, our our dogs have had from the time they were say in fourth grade up until now. Um, there is something amazing about a dog's empathy, about their like emotional intelligence, about the fact that they mm-hmm. sense something's going on with a kid sometimes before I as a parent do. Um, and it really is pretty amazing to see that dynamic at work. Um, yeah, I mean, I see even yeah, even as adults, if I am feeling sad or sick, my, my like little dude is right by me, mm. and you know, patting a dog can lower your heart rate and blood pressure. Like there's studies mm-hmm. that have shown that that um, those outcomes. So I think that dog therapy is good for all ages. Like I take little dude into various different situations right now we go to a like a cancer infusion center at a hospital and Mm -hmm. there I'm with adults and I see the positive effects of dog therapy so it it really is goes across all ages 
So I'm curious to narrow it down now a little bit more toward that younger, mm-hmm. early, uh, early childhood, early elementary age. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Big World of Little Dude and, and the educational platform? Sure. So uh, the reason I have focused on that early stage of development is because this is considered the most important time for child development. Like in my opinion, SEL, you know, social and emotional learning should be taught to people of all ages. But I think if we want to have the biggest impact, we have to start early. So that's that, um, you know, zero to six age range. If you think about it, like during this period, children learn to walk, talk, think, and interact with others. And it's really critical stage for developing that physical, social, emotional, and cognitive skills. Um, And it's like during this time that children really begin to make the sense of the world around them. Um, Yeah, so I think it's a, a very important stage of development. It's where they really are... Um, yeah, making sense of the world around them and and developing those meaningful relationships with others. And um, I'm also Montessori trained. So there's, um, so yeah, when I think about early childhood education, I think about some of the great educational philosophers that have really influenced my work. And Maria Montessori is one of those. Um, She, especially, she has like two theories, um, of planes of development and the absorbent mind. So the planes Mm -hmm. of development are, you know, how a child grows over time Mm -hmm. um, and they're in four distinct stages. And so if we are looking at that zero to six, which is the the infancy stage and the first plane of development, um, kids have an absorbent mind. So this is based on the belief that children are naturally curious and have an innate ability to learn from their environment. So Mm -hmm. children at this time learn through observation, imitation, sensory experiences, exploration and repetition. And um, yeah, I think that this is kind of why I focused on that early stage is because if we're teaching the foundational skills of social and emotional learning early, then hopefully they carry on through as they grow. What are, what are some of the themes that you cover within that? So the Humankind curriculum is a 13-week program. Okay. There, it's literacy-based, so each theme has a corresponding book. Mm. Um, I think books are a really great teaching tool for early childhood classroom. Kids really engage with stories and characters. Um, So we cover nine themes, kindness, feelings, manners, respect, growth mindset, empathy, friendship, meditation, and courage. And then there is a bonus module, which is a four-week Um, community building project where kids learn about hunger in their community like what is hunger how does it affect their local community and it's quite localized and then they like have to do a bake sale as a class and then all money raised goes to someone you know a local organization that focuses on hunger in their community and and I just gotta say I mean they're looking at at the books, they are beautifully uh, illustrated. I mean, I was really mm. by sort of like 
I looked at it and thought, oh my gosh, as a, as a kid, I would have loved, I would have just been drawn into hmm. the visual aspect as well. You know, I, I, and I, I think, yeah. And I think as well that the fact that it's based on a real life therapy dog and the kids, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't matter where you are, like there's a video of little dude. So that's like in one of the first lessons, they get to mm-hmm. really meet little dude um, so they see he is like a real dog and he's, you know, practicing what he preaches. He is, you know, doing kind things. So I think um, students can really connect with that character. Yeah. Um, so going back to this idea of, of dog therapy in the classroom, mm-hmm. you know, we do sometimes have students who have not had positive experiences with dogs, right? Mm-hmm. There's some dogs mm-hmm. that have- been aggressive or resource guarding or, or things like that. Some mm-hmm. kids have a fear. Um, yes. And I'm sure some teachers are thinking, I would love to get into this idea of dog therapy. I would love yep. to have something. But also, I know I have some students who've had negative experiences. How do you right. address that? Well, I think that you start by like explaining what a dog therapy is and you do a lot of um, – you know, you do a lot of work before the dog gets into the classroom. So you're not just going to introduce a dog one day without any warning. You're, yeah. It's something that you're going to build up to. So mm-hmm. I think that when they have that awareness of what kind of dog is going to come into the classroom and they're not taken by surprise, I think that's one method. Um, the other is, is that if there are like most classrooms I go into, 99% of kids are into it. But of course, there's definitely those students who are afraid um, and they tend to, you know, you can give those students the choice to see, sit at the back of the classroom. Mm -hmm. So they're not right at front. And then once, anecdotally from my experience, once the kids start getting comfortable with the dog and seeing other people and their peers interacting with the animal and that the you know the dog is well behaved and kind and he's not going to bite or be aggressive then i think over time they will start seeing and observing that the dog is not going to harm them in any way mm. yeah so if i'm just imagining you know if, if i were a a classroom teacher right now and i'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm really interested in this. I'm really interested in mm-hmm. um, your books, your curriculum, but also dog therapy in general. This has really sparked my interest in thinking about a different angle for social emotional learning. What would be some good first steps for a teacher who's thinking, this is interesting to me? Okay. Well, I think they're two separate things. So dog therapy is, um, you know, if you want uh, curious to learn more about dog therapy in the classroom, um, you know, you first have to approach your administration because really if they're going to put the kibosh or like say no straight away, but you know, that's where you first approach. So the head of school, you say, you know, I have seen the positive benefits of dog therapy and there's a ton of research. So it's really easy to go um, online and pull up, you know, I would take, research with, with, you know, to the administration and say, there is research that shows the positive benefits. So you're already starting on a strong foundation. You're not just saying, okay, this is what I want to happen. And then I would do research into, okay, um, 
finding a reputable organization to partner with. So doing a search of dog therapy programs in your local area. So Mm -hmm. finding out that information before you approach your administration. Mm -hmm. So if they start asking questions, you can have answers. Um, There is Pet Partners is one of the most widely used organizations for providing therapy dogs. And Mm -hmm. they can be found at Mm petpartners.org. And they also offer a really great read with me and walk with me program. Mm-hmm. So that's um, specifically, you know, to get kids motivated for reading and then for exercise. Two great, very healthy, amazing yes. things that dogs can help with. Um, and then once you've found an organization to partner with and your administration said yes, give you the go-ahead, usually their um, organization will request a site assessment. So they'll want to come out to the school, make sure that um, your classroom and school is a good fit for their program. And then the staff that are involved um, would need to be aware of like safety precautions and procedures sort of before the dog therapy, you know, comes to visit the classroom. And then you would go back to your class and start explaining the process to the students. So you, you know, and build it up, you know, it can't, it can be something that's, this is going to be happening in a month. And then every week, you talk about dog therapy and, um, you know, lay the ground rules on how they should act around a dog. Um, see if you can talk to the handler first to see if there's anything specific about that dog that they like or don't like. Generally, therapy dogs have been vetted strongly by the organization. So like, for example, little dude and I have to go every year to get recertified So they want to see, you know, if they pull the dog's tail, what are they going to do? If there's loud noise around the dog, what are they going to do? So the dogs are really um, prepped and understand what they're going into. So they tend to be, you know, good fit for being a dog therapy team. And then I guess if um, the administration says no, I know that pet partners offer virtual visits, which is not the same as having the dog in your classroom, but it could be something as an alternative option. Yeah. So I love that. That's, that's a lot of prep work. And I love that. I love that you brought that up because that's a huge amount, right? It's it's a big commitment. It's a lot of prep work. It's a lot of intentionality. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of making sure the policies are in place and things like that. On the other hand, we also have just the curriculum, the SEL, getting into that. And what are some first steps there that you would recommend on that aspect? Uh, the first thing, you you can buy the books. So there's nine books. Um, so you can get those books into the classroom and you can see if you like the content and the characters and start reading them with the kids. And then the Humankind curriculum is a complete digital program. So it can be accessed anywhere. And uh, yeah, you can just purchase the program, um, usually through the school administration is something that they would do, but it just really depends where you are a teacher. And I'm imagining this for, would be, you know, ideal for anywhere from your pre-K up through early elementary, right? In general. Yeah, I think, yeah. So it's, it's ideal for that first year before kindergarten. So that pre-K age, you know, Mm -hmm. four to five, and then up to grade one. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. um, any final thoughts that you'd like to share as, as people move forward and, and kind of think about this? Yeah, so the Humankind curriculum has been created by me. I'm a teacher. I've been in um, 
I've been in teachers' shoes. I know how difficult it is to manage all the things that are piled on the shoulders of teachers. So I've really developed a uh, turnkey curriculum. So mm-hmm. it's you can easily implement SEL that is fun, engaging, low materials, low prep time, and all the lessons are all the activities range from five to 30 minutes. So you can really easily insert them throughout the day. Um, And again, they're all literacy based. So you can keep reading that book. So, you know, maybe you've done the friendship lesson, but then there's some issues that come up in your classroom. So you can always keep referring back to that book. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that really impressed me about it was a lot of teachers say, I want to do SEL, but I'm not sure I have time for it. Mm. And when you've made it manageable in terms of time, you've made Mm. it high interest in terms of, I mean, it really is super high interest from the visuals to the storytelling, Mm. to the, um, to the ideas, um, just to the whole notion of dogs, (laughs) like kids love dogs, right? Yes, Um, exactly. But then then also integrating that into literacy means Mm. you're sort of doing both. Um, and I think that's really powerful. So you're not just having to go make time for SEL out of, out of mm. your day, you're incorporating that into literacy. Exactly. And really some cool. of them, you know, you have a morning meeting, you can incorporate one of the activities in your morning meeting as a discussion point. So mm. it really is, um, yeah, turnkey ideas to easily implement and inspire you to want SEL in your classroom because really the positive outcomes of implementing SEL um, for emotional intelligence, academic, and just general classroom climate is so positive. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your ideas and um, this curriculum and the whole idea of dog therapy on top of that. And it was a lot of um, area that we covered, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, this was great. Thank you so much, Sean. I really enjoyed our conversation. I can tell that you are a dog lover. So it's always great to have conversations <laughs> with like-minded individuals. And thank you so much for all that you do too. Well, there you have it. That was Carazellas talking all about this idea of big world of little dude and talking about dog therapy, empathy, the power of animals and what they can teach us. And um, I really hope you'll check out her work. Um, I I find it really inspiring and fascinating. And um, would you do me a favor? If you enjoy this podcast, would you consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you are getting your podcasts? Whoa, podcast from. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. And go out and make something awesome. Again, can you hear it? Zeus is right by me. I told you Zeus is is near me and he is uh, trying to lick my face as I am attempting to say goodbye. So have a wonderful day and uh, say, say hello to your pets for me.